the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Whether you're listening from far away or next to beautiful Seneca Lake, we hope that through the reading and proclaiming of Scripture, you hear God's wisdom, challenge, and blessing for you today. If you're able to worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9.30, we at Hector Presbyterian Church would love to share Christ's peace with you. As we prepare to hear the scriptures, let us pray. Pour out your Holy Spirit, O oh God, and prepare our hearts to accept your word. Silence in us any voice but your own, that hearing we may also obey your will. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. A reading from the prophet Isaiah. Listen to me, coastlands. Pay attention, peoples far away. The Lord called me before my birth, called my name when I was in my mother's womb. The Lord made my mouth like a sharp sword and bid me in the shadow of God's own hand. The Lord made me a sharpened arrow and concealed me in God's quiver, saying to me, You are my servant, Israel, in whom I show my glory. But I said, I have worried myself in vain. I have used up my strength for nothing. Nevertheless, the Lord will grant me justice. My reward is with my God. And now the Lord has decided the one who formed me from the womb as God's servant restored Jacob to God so that Israel might return to the Lord. Moreover, I am honored in the Lord's eyes. My God has become my strength. The Lord said, It is not enough since you are my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to bring back the survivors of Israel. Hence, I will also appoint you as a light to the nations so that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. The word of the Lord. Our second reading comes to us from the Gospel of Matthew. Listen for the word that began creation. Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its saltiness, how will it become salty again? It's good for nothing except to be thrown away and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city on top of a hill can't be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. Instead, they put it on top of a lampstand and it shines for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before people so that they can see the good things you do and praise your Father who is in heaven. Don't even begin to think that I have come to do away with the Torah and the prophets. I haven't come to do away with them, but to fulfill them. I say to you very seriously that as long as heaven and earth exist, neither the smallest letter 
nor even the smallest stroke of a pen will be erased from the Torah until everything there becomes a reality. Therefore, whoever ignores one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called the lowest in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever keeps these commands and teaches people to keep them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. I say to you that unless your righteousness is greater than the righteousness of the legal experts and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. The word of the Lord. A dear friend of mine loves to bake. She takes eggs and butter and sugar and a blend of gluten-free flour to create delicious things. One time, she made a huge batch of chocolate chip cookies. Pulling them out of the oven, they looked gorgeous. They smelled divine. But when she bit into one, eh, bland, tasteless, lumps of chewy nothing with some chocolate here and there. The problem? She had forgotten to add the salt. Salt, in its many uses, permeates human history. Before refrigeration, we depended on salt to preserve, curing meat, pickling vegetables. Salt disinfects wounds with its stinging touch. Salt cuts through grime and grease. Our word salary comes from the practice of paying soldiers not with gold or silver, but with salt. Salt is a big deal. And Jesus calls us salt? Yes! You are the salt of the earth. Not, you should be salt, or you'd be salt if Jesus states it as a fact. You flavor the world. You preserve what is good. You heal what is broken. You make icy sidewalks safe to walk on. This is who you are, who God made you to be. So go be it. Taste those savory words on your tongue. You are salt. <clears throat> it's a huge affirmation. We hardly know what to do with it. But that sly voice, the one that has slithered into our thoughts from the very beginning, it knows what to do. Can you hear it hiss? I can. It's throwing Jesus' words back at me, saying, you, salt of the earth? Is that right? But if salt loses its saltiness, it's good for nothing except to be thrown away and trampled under people's feet. 
good for nothing, just like you. How do we respond to that hissing, slithering voice that twists Jesus' own words against us? Do we wield a chemistry textbook and say, not today, Satan. Sodium chloride is an extremely stable molecule. Salt doesn't lose its saltiness. That's one option. I think of a story that Dan Souza, the editor-in-chief of Cook's Illustrated Magazine, told. One summer when I was a kid on vacation in Maine with my family, I decided that I really wanted to make my own sea salt. So I lugged gallons of water from the beach to the cottage, and then I spent a beautiful summer day inside, watching water boil. Eventually, all that was left in the pot was a layer of grayish powder. So I scraped it into a bowl, presented it to my family at dinner time, and it was disgusting. It was bitter and harsh. Dan's sea salt was a mix of minerals, sodium, yes, but also calcium and magnesium. When such salt is improperly refined or incorrectly stored, its true flavor is obscured. This is the kind of salt Jesus and his disciples knew, the kind that you used wisely and avoided getting wet, lest the risk of bitterness spoil a meal. You are salt, Jesus says, and salt needs care. You are light, Jesus says, and you need a place to stand your lamp. Salt and light are good gifts from the Creator, and they need a little help. So where do you turn? To the Torah and the prophets, of course. Which is to say, we turn to the writings of ancestors that are for us the word of the Lord. Along with the Psalms and a few other scattered writings, the Torah and the prophets were Jesus's scriptures, testaments to the God who creates and saves and transforms. Folks who call themselves Christian have had over the centuries a complicated relationship with these holy testaments we call old. Not even a century after Jesus, jerks like Marcion claimed that the God of the Gospels was a different deity than the God of the Jewish people. And so he chucked the scriptures that Jesus quoted and sang and followed. Closer to our time, Thomas Jefferson purportedly took a pair of scissors to the Bible to cut out parts that he found irrational and unenlightened. 
Even today, we hear Christians puzzled over how to reconcile the wrath of God in the Old Testament with the love of God in the New. This makes zero sense to me, given that A, the Torah and the prophets repeatedly affirm God's steadfast love, and B, the New Testament is chock full of wrath, lakes of fire, weeping and gnashing of teeth. Oh, I want to say to these members of the family of faith, have you read the Bible? It's all messy. It is all messy. But mess is God's favorite material with which to work. From the very beginning, when God's Spirit moved over the topsy-turvy waves of nothingness, God has worked wonders with messes. Just look at our reading from Isaiah. The servant is in shambles. I'm weary. I've worked in vain. I've got nothing left. This is the one whom God chooses and calls by name. This is the one who receives a holy reminder that it's not our opinion that matters, but rather God's opinion of us. This is the servant God appoints to be a light for the nations, so that the ends of the earth would know the salvation of God. The salvation of God. That's how the Torah describes the Exodus, when God led enslaved people to freedom. The salvation of God is how the Psalms describe God's very present help in times of trouble. The salvation of God, that's what the prophets encourage us to watch for when God brings the captive exiles home. So don't even begin to think that I've come to do away with the Torah and the prophets, says the Savior. I haven't come to do away with them, but to fulfill them. Scripture is messy. Life is messy. But running through the messiness is the surprising grace of God, the presence of the one who saves. Lean into this messiness, Jesus encourages us, because you are already salt. You are already light. You are already people in whom and through whom God is at work. Besides, who are we to say what is messy? Who are we to call God's dazzling, diverse, over-the-top creation a mess. Pastor Latanya McIver Penny recently reminded me of this. You see, when Latanya's mother and aunts and uncles left home, their mother, Ms. Mary Stanfield, decided to continue caring for children, particularly 
children whom others didn't want. She fostered many children through the years, especially children whose bodies and minds didn't work like others. Growing up, Latanya witnessed how all children are welcome at Grandma Mary's table. And if you were curious about your differently, differently abled neighbor at dinner, you did not ask, what's wrong with them? Mary Stanfield would not abide such talk. Instead, Latanya was taught to ask, what gift do they have? Jesus says, you, as in you all, as in all y'all, are salt of the earth. When we refuse the gifts that our neighbors bring, when we try to hide their messiness away, it's like cooking without a full spice rack. We miss out on the flavors of the kingdom of heaven. It's the same with us. When we hide our messiness, we hide our lamps under baskets. Today, Latanya is a parent to a set of 13-year-old twins, Lord of Mercy. Two beautiful babies who were born at 25 weeks, only weighing 1.6 and 1.7 pounds. At two years old, her daughter Taylor was diagnosed with cerebral palsy, which required her to walk with leg braces. And as a little girl, she insisted that those braces be bright colors, preferably covered with designs of flowers or butterflies. Another family member who had not learned the gifts of difference at Grandma Mary's table worried about Taylor standing out, worried that people would see her and think that she was weak. But Taylor won't let anything contradict what Jesus has told her. She is salt, an agent of God's healing, preserving, and flavoring power in the world, cerebral palsy and all. Friends, Taylor is letting her light shine. How about ours? What messiness do you wish that you could hide away? What gifts do you doubt are welcome at the table of the Lord? The Holy One, who knew you in the womb and calls you by name, is not daunted by a mess, but is glorified in it. Indeed, the one who kindled the burning stars has lit your lamp. The merciful one who brings justice 
has refined you and made you fit for service to your neighbors. Our world is so desperately in need of light and salt, of hope and healing, of clarity and joy. So embrace this calling. It is God's calling. In it, there is enough love and enough grace to sustain us and to save us. For such grace, let us give all glory and all gratitude to God, the eternal voice from heaven, the anointed and beloved one, the spirit ruling over the waters. Amen.